0: Thank you. To another episode of GTF, Gabriel talks football. My name is Aldo Gandia, and before I bring Greg in, I want to let you know that at 8:30 p.m. Central on this Thursday, it is the season premiere of the Bear Debate. And those of you uh, who followed the show last season may remember that John Buffone and Tyler Ellis were debating each other from week to week. Well, this year we've changed the format a little. We are bringing in guest podcasters and, and bloggers on the Bears to debate each other about the hot topics regarding the Chicago Bears. This Thursday is our season premiere, and I hope you will join us. More news on that. On tomorrow's Bear Your Souls with Dan McGuire, myself, and of course, Johnny Santucci. Let me bring in the very, very talented and good-looking...
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh,
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I am well. Uh, We have our first guest of the season, and I couldn't think of a better person than this gentleman. You were a recent guest on his show, right?
1: No, we were. um, Adam and I were on Ross Tucker's show. Ah. Because Ross Ross was taking shots at the Bears, and we both kind of threw stuff back at him at the same time. I love it. So he said, "Okay, I'm going to get both of these guys on, and we can have a three-way debate. So we did.
0: So I might have to play the role of Ross Tucker today to get something. <laughs> Let's bring Adam in now. Look at him. Look at him in his studio office. How are you, Adam Rank? I'm doing
2: really well. You know, it's um, it's nice to, I guess, finally be back home in a way because you know, over the last couple of weeks, uh, if you watch NFL Network, I would, uh, I did a full full week of GMFB, turned that into a trip to Cincinnati. And then I was in Chicago for Bears camp last week. So now I feel like I, I feel I, I'm home for the till February. So it's a good feeling. It's exciting. And uh, it's great to be on with both of you. Great. Well, and- it's great to
1: have you on with us.
0: Yeah, indeed. Uh, For those who don't know, who have been living in a cave for uh, the last few years. Adam Rank is, of course, with the NFL Network, and for the last, what, year or two, has been the host of his own podcast, The Sick Podcast, with Adam Rank, which focuses on the Chicago Bears, the NFL, and you can find it all over the place. It is here on local radio, on AM 1530 WCKG. It is on SiriusXM, YouTube, Twitter, you name it! Facebook, everywhere! It's everywhere <laughs> and it's, it's almost
2: hard. it's almost unavoidable
1: at this point
0: <laughs> that's right you're gonna so many away.
1: people's chagrin yeah
0: <laughs> indeed
1: although i think we got to do the same thing with this one
0: yeah I. Well, let's get more
1: exposure buddy
0: you got it i'll, I'll start to work on that uh yesterday actually i've been uh, sending out some emails but nonetheless let's talk about the chicago bears gentlemen first of all i want to ask adam adam you were out at bears camp uh at hallis Hall. what was the uh what really caught your eye about this edition of the Chicago Bears
2: well let me first say that this was my first opportunity to go out to Hallis Hall so it was kind of a a pretty amazing experience for me as a matter of fact the moment I I did it I I walked up to the front and of course like everybody we have to do a TikTok or an Instagram story or whatever it is it doesn't matter and uh, as I was doing it I'm pretty sure it was Travis Gibson, but I don't want to say 100%, but if you saw my Instagram story, he actually called me out. He's like, right, and he was driving by. I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be a great day. <laughs> and so all the everything that's surrounding it, the Bear staff was great. It was cool meeting a lot of the reporters who do a great job of covering the team day to day. But I think ultimately when I looked at the ball club, and I know it's funny to hear reporters complain, and it's funny to hear people complain. When you go to other spots – know you can you can get a sense of like is this a well-run organization is it not and i i know that people love to take shots at the mccaskies but it's like no this is this is a legit operation i i felt like it was a uh like overall the grand scheme of things i thought it was well run i thought their fan fest was cool i like to have the dj out there getting people onto the grounds now we could have the the argument of like should they have more They have so much space out there. It's like, make more parking and make more opportunities to bring more fans out. But that's, you know, those are minor details. But I think, you know, what people probably care about, they don't care about my my aesthetics. But when you look at the team and the way that practices were run, now I obviously wasn't here for the Matt or I wasn't attending games or practices for the Matt Nagy era, but I did appreciate the crispness of everything. I did like the pace. I did like uh, the, even though they just had started putting on pads, there was some intensity. There was uh, a lot of guys focusing. There wasn't a lot of lollygagging or anything like that. So from that perspective, I was pretty, pretty excited. And of course, you know, there's players standing out, but it's, you know, it was August 4th. I don't want to put too much like, Hey, this guy's going to the hall of fame, but you know what? There was some intensity. There was a lot of attention to detail. And I will tell you this too. You know, talking to Jalen. Jo- I'm sorry, I'm going on way too long, Greg. I don't think I said more than five words. I apologize, but um, <laughs> that's why guy- you're on. But uh, you know, we got an opportunity to talk to Coach Eberflus, which was amazing. David Montgomery, incredible. Jalen Johnson. You know, what was really cool was you know a lot of these guys. You know, they Jalen likes to talk. He likes to be put in front of a microphone. He's not shy. You know, you know when somebody's like, I'm doing this because the team's obligating me to do this. And then there's guys who are like, I love doing this. I want to be in front of the camera. I want people to see my personality. And Jalen is that person. Like, he wants to be out there. But he was also the, like, don't I'm not missing this meeting. Like, I'm not going to be late. I'm not going to be doing it. And I'm like, you know what? There's a, according to some people who were were there last year, that was a refreshing change. So uh, I did appreciate that. So, you know, as we're sitting here watching this organization be rebuilt, I think it's heading in a positive direction.
0: Greg, you have no uh, qualms with that uh, assessment about the positive direction the team is going to, right?
1: No, I, I there's nothing I can complain about since Ryan Poles and and Matt Eberflus have uh, taken over this team and taken over the organization. I like the signings they've done. I don't really care what the national media thinks. It, uh, what's gonna I mean, we're gonna find out about this team when the season kicks off in another five weeks. Preseason starting this Saturday, if that's not going to mean anything, and we'll get into that later. But uh, I like the way the practices have been held. I like the intensity of the practices. It's still not as intense as they are. It's still not close to the way it used to be. I mean, yeah. I remember when I when I started off in the league in the in the eighties, and you know, Parcells was the head coach of the Giants, and I was there. And Adam, I, I I don't know if you knew this. I mean, we'd the very first day of camp, we'd stretch, go into the nutcracker, yeah, you know, the Oklahoma. I mean, boom, right away, right. and and right. you'd have double sessions six days a week. You know, th- these are country clubs compared to what it used to be, and that's just the way you have to do things uh, in order to get a CBA. So you're not nearly as hard on the players as as they were even fifteen years ago.
2: Yeah, it's one of those things that. You know, what, as a kid, you know, I was growing up in Southern California. We would go uh, sometimes to Oxnard and things like that. And those guys were getting after it. You know what I'm saying? Like I, exactly what you what you described. And it's one of the I, I think back to me, like high school football, you know, just like how intense that was. And now nowadays, yeah, they run around in shells. I don't think high school kids put on shoulder pads until their first game. So it's like, yeah, it is a little bit of a different thing, but you can still see, you know, you can still see the way that the guys move about from field to field. If there's, is there somebody walking? Is there somebody half-heartedly jogging? Like now there's sprinting. There's a lot of, you know, the, the, the small things, you know, paying attention to the, the biorhythms or the, 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 the body language and everything like that. So that part of it was really good.
1: Well, the good news is, is that the decision makers are watching everything you saw and If they see somebody loafing, so to speak, and that's the big word at Hallis Hall, those guys won't be here. They're they're getting graded on everything. And that's what I think a lot of fans don't understand, is that you're not just getting graded on what you do in a preseason game. You're Mm -hmm. getting graded on how attentive you are in meetings, how prompt you are at meetings, how you uh, perform on literally every play, whether it's a live play or it's a walkthrough. And they have the tape of it, and the coach goes the position coach goes through every single play and grades everything,
0: guys. Um, one of the things that's happened with the temple of play is that you have gotten like we have seen players really buy into what the head coaching staff and the coach, the entire coaching staff is doing with the temple of play. Eddie Jackson himself said he is really impressed with that. Nobody is complaining. Everyone has bought in. Everybody is hustling. And then defensive coordinator Williams said that when you have everybody buying in, it leads to faster learning of what's being taught. And so that is good news. Greg, you've been in uh, a million practices. Can you, uh, uh, relate to that that when you have players buying into a system and buying into hustling and not complaining that that adds to team chemistry or is this just a uh, shish goomba rah rah rah
1: no it, it, you have to buy in If if you don't buy in you're left behind and and so and then it becomes peer pressure and the guys who are the real leaders of the team they're and and they're leaders because they push hard themselves. They've got a uh, a lot of energy themselves and and that desire to be a great player. They're going to push the other guys and and the the guys that don't accept the push. They're going to be left behind.
0: And Adam. Yeah. Um, I got to ask you about Tevin Jenkins because that's been one of the dramas. You know, the, this, this new regime has gotten a lot of hard luck, with, starting with the Larry Ogunjobi thing and yeah. then throughout, and now the Tevin Jenkins drama or mystery. I want to ask you about that. But first, let me play a clip of uh, some of the responses he gave to questions at uh, his most recent press conference. Stand by while I load this up.
3: There Just in general, I'm here for Chicago Bears right now. I'm here to play football for the Chicago Bears and that's what I want to do and that's what I plan on doing right now. your relationship with the coaching staff and how do you feel that they feel good or bad about you? Uh, From my understanding, I love the coaches. We have no animosity towards each other. We talk to each other every day.
2: Has there been any
3: point where you have felt like it would be in your best interest to get a fresh start somewhere else? Uh, For me, myself... I'm a loyal type of guy. Chicago Bears, they drafted me. So I'm going to stay with Chicago Bears until whenever it is.
1: Well, Ryan Poles made it very clear. There's
0: a certain type, certain body type, certain style of lineman that he wants for the Bears now. Has retrofitting to, to that style, to, you know, to that body, has that been more difficult than you thought, or has that been problematic at all?
3: Uh, it's not problematic. I mean, in college, we did spurt offense. I had to be 315, 320. And I was still around 20% body fat back there. And the only thing we did was just run outside zone. So just coming here is just turning from last year to this year. I just had to cut a lot of weight again because it's just kind of more up-tempo like I did in college. So, I mean, it's just like going back to that speed and getting back to uh, the demands of that instead of last year.
0: Adam, I got to tell you that at certain points, he looked like a hostage being forced to answer right. questions. What's your take on it? Yeah, there has
2: been a a a pretty much a a different version of Tevin Jenkins that we saw recently because when he was drafted, he was pretty fun. You know, he was having a good time, he was cracking jokes, he was, you know, following everybody on Twitter. It felt like, you know, he was like, Hey, you know, he was happy to be here and it was cool. And then, you know, unfortunately things didn't work out last season with the back injury. And now it just feels like, and you can tell from the tone of the questions, you know, and, and listen, the reporters have to go out there and they want to get the story and they want to know what's going on. And, and football teams are not very open all the time with how things are being run. I though, although I will say that, you know, every time that Ryan Poles has come out and said like, this is what we're doing, that's exactly what the team does. Like we're not going to necessarily spend a lot of money on free agents. We're not going to, you know, necessarily draft an offensive player with these first two draft picks and like every time it's like yeah he, he's done exactly what he said so at some point you're like well maybe maybe Ryan pulls this telling the truth maybe he is working through an injury we just don't know and so it it gets kind of a it gets a it's it kind of an intense conversation it's like when you're at a dinner party and there's two people fighting and you're like oh wait what's going on what did I miss you know you're watching the Gilmore girls and Luke and Lorelai or fighting over some bedroom set. You're like, this is what I, it feels like. I I feel like I'm suki all of a sudden. I well, What did I walk into here? And so I, um, you know, I want to know what's going on, you know, and hopefully I think that for most people, you know, and, and listen, I'm as guilty of this as anybody. I made, I, now my joke, I don't feel was that bad. Cause I said, let's trade him for Kyle Pitts, which listen, I don't care who you are. There's just about Anybody on this team, like, I'll trade you for Kyle Pitts right now. But I was, you know, whatever. Um, I hope he didn't take that personally or anything like that. But I think ultimately, and I think everybody would be in agreement on this, is that we hope is whatever happened at the beginning of camp, that it becomes a non-issue and it becomes something that we look at, you know, similar to the way that people in Cincinnati look back on on the era of Jamar Chase cannot catch the football. Remember that? Remember that when, when he was a bust
1: and everybody's like, We well, should have taken Penny Sewell. That we, talked, we talked about that last week. You yeah. Know, he had some drops in the first week of camp or the first two weeks of camp. So all of a sudden he couldn't catch anything and he was a bust. <laughs> then then he's in the Super Bowl making great plays, you know, four months later.
2: You know, yeah. and they, they were saying the same thing about Joe Burrow. Like, if you go back and look at some of the Joe Burrow comments about him coming back from a knee injury, they're like, Oh, this guy, he was a bust too. He wasn't gonna work out as well. So I hope I, and again, this is hope but I don't really have the inside because it, that was really the, the thing about, you know, being there is, you know, trying to get, trying to get the down low and, you know, and I, you know, cause I, I have a different relationship with the, the people who work for the team. So they kind of, you know, they know I'm not there as Chicago media, I'm there for the NFL network. I'm, they know that I'm a bears fan. Like there's stuff like, like, okay. So I was like, Hey, but like, but for real. And, uh, and normally, you know, you can sit there and people will be like, you know what happened? Like, but there was none of that. Like people were like, yeah, we don't know. Like it's an interesting situation. So we'll see. And it's, it's fun to see him, uh, back out onto the field. You see some of those glimpses too. Like we haven't seen a lot of tape of him from his first couple of practices, but there's times you're like, Oh yeah, this guy, there's a reason why he was a first round graded talent. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, you know, I'm not going to get into the speculation or anything like that. Cause I just don't know,
0: right. but
2: I'm, I'm hopeful, you know, like, again, I'm toxically optimistic as a reporter from the athletic, uh, the, the it's an angels reporter. It's not any of the, the bears guys, Sam Blum, who's an angels reporter called me toxically positive. Cause I was, cause I'm not sitting there, you know, ripping the angels all the time. But in any event, I um, it. I just feel like, listen, okay, let's see what happens. Like, we don't know, like this is the thing. And, and Greg, you probably know, I don't know, It's it's got to be interesting for you. And I was talking to Scott Pioli about this recently, too. And it's like, this has to drive you guys crazy. Because, like, what did we know, like, back in the day? Like, we wouldn't know anything. I remember going to, like, Chargers camps and doing stuff like that. The only thing that we would ever hear about from camp would be like, hey, if, you know, Steve Hartman and Chet Forty were there at uh at, at Chargers camp, and they'd give us a little thing, and they're, you know, it, but now it's like, everybody's got a, everybody's got a camera, like, everybody, you know, everybody, everybody's Tarantino, walking into Bears camp now, just, everybody's got a camera out, everybody's filming everything, like, a guy sneezes, you're like, oh, he's got COVID, like, no! It's like, you guys, we, we're, there's, there's the, oh, what was that, I think it was a Parcells phrase about over, paralysis by over analysis, like, that kind of thing, like, we know too much, Sometimes, but um, mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll,
1: we'll see how you it know, goes. People overreact to what goes on. Training camp is what it is. It's training camp. And you're starting off basically at, at, at square one and trying to build on that. And what media wants, or a lot of media and a lot of fans want, is execution right away. They yeah. want you to be, you know, I hate the phrase midseason form, but it might be a good one. Yeah, perfect. It, 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 is that. That's what they want day one first practice. And so, oh my god, Justin Fields looked awful today. He he missed two passes. Guys will write up. So what? Here it doesn't matter. The the part of practice and, and learning in, in, in preseason is just making sure you're throwing to the right guy. If you miss the pass, you miss the pass. You know, it it's the execution, learning your assignments. That's why you have practice, you know, six days a week. And you go through this process, you build on every day and you're working on certain parts of your game every day, be it, you know, third, long, first or third, long, first, and long, second and short, whatever. And there's things that just aren't going to be cohesive every day or every play during camp, you know, and and some of the criticism, I, I just, I hate it, number one. Because yeah. I'm a positive person like you, I'm yeah. you know, I'm always looking at the glass half full. But I, I think it, it's not needed, it's overly done. Uh, and you know, you're gonna get you're gonna have a game Saturday, and there's yeah. gonna be some bad plays. And oh. first of all, they're gonna play vanilla offense and vanilla defense. Not gonna mm-hmm. be close to what we're gonna see against the 49ers on opening day. And there's going to be critiques. Oh, they, the the offensive oh. line sucks. The defensive line sucks. You don't have a good penetrating three technique, or whatever. No, it's not about that. It's about evaluating individual players. Yeah. Not evaluating a team. Let me uh, jump yeah. in
0: here.
2: Uh, Hold on,
1: but, but, but all that like,
2: it's important, and I think this is what's important for fans to know. I say this on my show. I have said this probably a thousand times, but I always use the analogy of of playing golf. And there's times where you play, you know, the pins in the front and you're 150 out and you pull whatever club is you use to get there and you hit the ball perfectly, but you land, let's say, 10 yards behind the pin or something. My friend, we were talking with that. he's like, oh, he's like, too bad. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I hit that ball perfectly. Like, I'm not, like, all you can worry about is, like, is your form good? Did I get a good swing on it? Did I make proper contact? And I think that's what you really want from these practices. And it was the, it, I, I would, I would throw it back to last week. I think it was Tuesday. There was a play where in Keel, Harry was open in the end zone and Justin missed him. And Oh my God, ever did bust like oh, bears going to be looking. I'm sure. I'm sure, you know, everybody in the national media was like, Oh, bears already need a new quarterback. Like, okay. First of all, he made the right read. Harry was in the right spot. That's the takeaway that you need. And then they ran the play again and Justin hit him like that. You're going through the process is what you're doing. And like, you just want to be sure everybody's in the right spot. They worked it out. It's there. That's, that's what we should be taking away.
0: It's a really good point. uh, Greg, I wanted to uh, get your take on Tevin Jenkins. You wrote for the Windy City Gridiron about the Tevin Jenkins situation. And in that article, you mentioned that, you had talked to a couple of general managers who took Tevin off the board. Tell us what you have heard about Tevin Jenkins and about football character and all that stuff.
1: Well, since then I've talked to two more and, you know, there's 32 teams. So obviously not everybody's going to have that opinion, but there was a question about his football character, his desire, uh, his work ethic, his toughness, uh, you know, some people want to call it pseudo toughness or fake toughness. Now he said, you watch tape and that's a physical player. I yeah. mean, he can physically dominate people. Mm-hmm. You, you, you love some of the tape, but does he really love the game? And these are some of the questions. And I, I had a conversation, it was a text conversation with a guy after, you know, the, the press conference the other day. And, and this guy had, had seen the press conference and he goes, that's exactly what I was talking about when I talked to you last May. And, and so, now, per, my personal opinion, I'm glad that the Bears did that. I think they purposely threw him out there. Yeah. That if there is a lack of toughness or a lack of maturity, and we don't know exactly what it is because they're not about to tell us. Yeah. And, but if there is a problem in that area, then you know what? He needs to be put in tough situations. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to find out a lot about him. And then he's going to respond. And how he responds is going to determine if he's here or he's somewhere else.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why you bring in a player like Riley Reef, who is one of the, one of the most uh, well respected players in the NFL. Now talent wise, yeah, he's good enough to be an NFL starter. I think his absence last year might have cost, you know, might have hurt the Bengals in the Super Bowl. I don't know. Your quarterbacks getting sacked seven times, but I think probably more important than anything, is his leadership in the locker room and again we we don't get we're not privy to these type of conversations. I'm curious if if Riley was was talking to Tevin after that press conference or talking to him about Ford or whatever and, and kind of helping him and working through these things because it's a tough adjustment, you know, to come into the NFL. The NFL is not a not an easy place to be and you know, he played the, he was in a Power 5 conference, no doubt about it, but like Oklahoma State is still not the same. You know, you're not you're not going through the the crush of press that a lot of these guys have gone through, like hey, had you gone to an SEC school or something like that. So to me, I hope that that was a, a learning experience for everybody. And again, if this if this ultimately leads to Tevin Jenkins being a 12-year quality starter for the Chicago Bears, then again, hopefully this will just be something we look back on and be like, remember when people were questioning this guy? Which is what I hope is the case. Exactly. It, it,
1: you know, I, I, I've learned this and it takes longer for some people to learn how to become pros than others. Yeah, You know, some think it's it's, it's a simple ride. It's not a simple ride. It's very tough. And, and what I, I had this in a text conversation the other day with a guy. And when you're out there, you're competing against men and that's the way they earn their living. This is their mm-hmm. livelihood. And so they're not giving anybody an easy streak or a pass it's like, you better compete. You better compete hard because you're not taking my job. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and some guy come in and say, well, I'm a second round pick. I got it made. Yada, yada. It's not the way it goes. I don't care if you're a first round pick or an undrafted free agent, you have to perform. And the guys who perform the coaches and especially in a situation like a, like a Tevin Jacobs, this group didn't draft him. They could care less. If where he went, whether it was second round or, or seventh round, yeah. they just want him to perform up to his ability. His ability is way up here. So far, he hasn't shown that. He's shown flashes, yeah, but now it, now it's, it, it's up to him, and especially with this new group now that he's back on the practice field, it's to be as dominating and physical as he can possibly be.
2: Yeah, it is one of those things that, and you got to remember his age too. Sorry, Aldo, I keep cutting no, no, you off. No, please, please. But, like, you know, I, I think about it, too, like, where I was working. I was working um, – where was I? I worked at uh, Disneyland uh, through most of my college career, through the Disneyland Hotel, and I was – like, there was, like, things I did that you look back on, and you're like, what an idiot. Like, I'm a dummy. Like, there was – that was me. Like, I was – like, you can't be mad at anybody but yourself. But those are, like, some of the times of the things that you have to go through. You know, I, I often think back – because it's funny enough, my sister – uh, works for the Disney corporation and she works, you know, in security and all this stuff, she does stuff. And I'm like, am I still on the like non rehired list? Like I want to know. Cause like, I feel like I don't, I, I don't know that I ever want to go back and work there, but I still hate that there's like some part of me at some point where I was like, I was not like a, a model employee. And you know what? Sometimes people go through that stuff and it's unfortunate. Like I didn't have to deal. I didn't, I wasn't put out in front of the LA times and the orange County register to go out there and answer questions, you know why I was slacking off, you know when I was doing my airport pickups, you know. So I don't know. I want to give the kid a little bit of a break. And again, you know, I understand that there are questions, but like this is it. Like I, that's cool. We're hope we're hopeful, but at some point you've got to reward our hopefulness. And so I hope that he gets to that point. If that's no, what the problem, I,
1: is. I, I agree. I mean, it was a second round pick. And again, you go back and you watch the tape. The tape's impressive yeah and, he has like a, a like little. it's very no critical.
2: he's got like a trent williams type thing like when you see like when he's motivated and then obviously i'm i'm cherry picking because i wasn't going through the osu all 22 like i should have i was going to the highlights i'm sorry i apologize <laughs> but you know i i cut corners listen i'll, I'll admit <laughs> to you but like when you see the highlight films and like it's obviously all the good plays like yeah there is some There's some meanness. And we saw last year, you know, he was the only one in that Minnesota game who was willing to to stick up for for Justin Fields. So that kind of stuff, you're like, yeah, like there's somebody in there who was sticking up for his friends. Like we
0: want more of that guy
2: if it's possible.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. Let's talk about the wide receiver situation because it does appear it's in a sad state with all of the injuries that have happened Uh, Nikhil Harry, uh, apparently some reports are saying high ankle sprain. There's nothing official yet from the Chicago bears. Adam, when you were out there last week, uh, what did you see out of this receiver group? Harry in particular, and then a little later, I want to talk about Equinemius St. Brown because Equinemius St. Brown has had a career, in his career, he's had 37 catches, and I'm predicting he's going to have 37 catches by about week eight or nine with the Chicago Bears. I'm so high on him, and and Greg was high on him even before free agency started. Uh, But first, Adam, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you saw last week out of the wide receivers?
2: Yeah, it kind of breaks my heart that Enkeel ended up injuring what, what appears to be or what it is reported as a high ankle sprain, because those are the ones that linger for a long time and it could, you know, knock him out for half the season. You know, perhaps they could put him on the injured list or something and give him an opportunity to work into it. But what I would say to you is he was a player that I had a particular interest in watching because, I was a huge fan of his when he played at Arizona State. When he came to the league, I thought like he was going to be one of the best players. He was in a class with a lot of good wide receivers. So I thought that Enkeel was going to be one of those standouts along with Debo and all the other guys who were who were taking that season. I did like, you know, they they did speaking of Debo, they did run a handoff to him. And, and I was like watching it. And I'm like, Ooh, yeah, yeah. Cause you know, we talk about Bayless Jones possibly being that type of player for us this season. You're like, Oh, like, yeah, Harry could do like, man. He yeah, could do I saw that play
0: like, Adam and talk about a load to bring down. He was, yeah. he was running right towards us in the stands.
2: <laughs> he was, yeah. You know, it was impressive. I'm like, Ooh, I kind of like that, And I like that. There's a commitment to this too. So I'm like, okay, this is all cool. Um, you know, and you got to remember too, like this new England system, especially offensively. Like if you look at the history of the new England Patriots, they ask an awful lot of their wide receivers, like an awful lot. And there's a reason why they have so many busts in the first and second round. Like why these guys, like at some point you're like, is it me? Is it your principal Skinner? you Are like, is it me? Or is it all the children? No, the children are wrong. Like, no, nope. like you're drafting good players. There's a lot of demands. And you look at the people who, end up being successful for the Patriots. It's a lot of veterans, and there's a lot of guys who played in other spots who have gone through some things. I think one of the lone exceptions was Julian Edelman, of course, who was a quarterback at Kent State. So he, he comes in with a different mindset already because he's switching positions and can learn little things. But like all these guys, like Welker was other places, like San Diego, Miami, then he came to New England, obviously Randy Moss, you know, like historically – so, to be a successful receiver for the Patriots, you've got to have played somewhere else because they put an unreasonable expectation for you. And it's not only the receivers. You know, I spent a week with Darius Butler, who did not do very well when he was drafted by the New England Patriots. He goes to Indianapolis and becomes a solid NFL player. So, that's what I was looking for, for in Keel Harry. Like, he's not going to come out. He's, listen, he's not going to be, you know, a number, like, he's not going to be, you know, a 140 reception guy but he could be a very valuable piece to a wide receiver room which is why it's disappointing to see him go down and it's funny too because i was you know i was sitting there going back and forth with some of my nfl network colleagues and you know they oh they didn't do anything they didn't they didn't bring anybody i'm like you know what like it's so funny how the perception is about like you know if you throw 90 million at Christian Kirk, then like, oh, see, they're helping their quarterback. Like, would it have helped if the Bears would have given Enkiel Harry 90 million? Would you have been like, see, they solved it. Done. Because <laughs> they they wasted all this money. Like, and it's probably a hot take. Had he not gotten hurt, I was willing to just go out there and be like, Enkele Harry will have a better season than Christian Kirk. I was convinced of that. So I'm personally disappointed. I really I, I just wanted to see him get a chance because I think he's a good player. And I think he was gonna he came in here with the right attitude and was ready to shock the world. So I'm a, I'm a bit disappointed that it's uh that it's delayed for the moment. I'm like I'm not writing him off. I'm just saying it's gonna be delayed a little bit.
1: Well, it it's delayed, but it's it's not over. And you yeah, know, there's yeah. although I, I sent Aldo a, a note before. Uh, the show started and I wanted to talk about this because there's all this talk on Twitter where they got to go out and sign Will Fuller and <laughs> and Pringle's not going to be ready for the first game. and uh, Is Perry's that preseason game, it, game or, or was uh, that? No, regular season. And Harry's yeah. not going to be ready until game eight. We don't know that. Don't know we that. don't know any of it. You know, he could be ready in four weeks. Everybody heals at a different time yeah. level. You know, it depends on their body. It depends how severe the injury was. We don't know. With Pringle, we don't know what the injury was. Did he pull a uh, quad muscle? Did he tear a quad muscle? Or does he have a real deep quad bruise? Well, if yeah. he's got a real deep quad bruise, he might be out 10 days. You know, if he's got a muscle tear, that's a different story. They don't have to tell us what it is in the preseason, and they're not about to tell you what it is. Now, they may with, with, uh, with Harry because he's going to see a specialist. Now, I'd be interested in knowing – is he going to a doctor out of town or a specialist here? Because if he's going to a specialist here, I know who that doctor would be because Man. of his connection with the, with the, uh, the bears orthopedics. And that guy's very, very good, but you know, and he'll give a good idea based on the swelling and, and x-rays and they might even have to do an ultrasound uh, and to, to find out, you know, exactly what the estimate is of when he'll return and you've got options you you can keep him on if if you think he's going to be back by week three and be strong by week three then you're going to keep him on the 53 they've seen enough in a week and a half of practice to know if he can help this team and is he better than say you know five other guys is he better than you know the rest is he one of the top six And I I know he can play special teams because he played special teams in New England. So yeah, that's what you got to be able to do that if you're not going to be a starter. So if it's going to be longer than that, you could keep him on the fifty three at at the final cutdown, then put him on IR. He misses four games, and you bring him back. You know, it's uh, in in that four uh, weeks he's rehabbing, he's getting himself ready to play, and then you you put him out. It's it's a quarter of the season. Big deal. You know, let's look at this in a positive light, not a negative light. And Pringle, I would be shocked if he's not available the first game. He might not play yeah. in the preseason. But so what if he doesn't play in the preseason?
2: Yeah, I'd be shocked if Pringle's not there too. I don't think it's – I don't know. I don't think it – listen, I'm a, I am shouldn't say one way or the other. But I'm but not just, a doctor. I'm just, going, I'm, a,
1: I'm just going on on what my experience is you know, yeah. throughout the league with, with different kinds of injuries. I know you get an MCL sprain, you're talking a couple weeks, you guys be out a couple of, yeah. And you know, so different injuries are, are different things. High ankle sprains take longer than low ankle sprains. Yeah. That's the way it is. Uh, but again, what, what's the severity of, of the injury? Then there's this talk, you know, people say, we got to sign Will Fuller. I wouldn't no. sign that guy if he was the last receiver in the world. He has missed what? 42 games in his career. He only catches half the balls that are thrown to him, and he's missed 25 games in the last three seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, too many people who play fantasy
2: football who, uh, and I guess this is my fault, but you know, it's like, hey, like, no, Will Fuller. What are we going to do? Like, if you get like Will, Fuller, like Will Fuller, I guess you know, if you anticipate in Keel Harry's, like, if if let's say he was going to miss four games, like signing Will Fuller, it's like. Yeah, as a joke, you'd be like, "Well, there's the four games, you know that that MP will be out." And then you're like, I, "I'm not sure of that. Like, I I could not guarantee you that Will Fuller would make it those four those four games that we would need him for." So unfortunately, um, again, and that you know, but Greg, you know this too. Like, who they respond with when they bring in people, like I I think is telling. Like how serious these injuries are. Because if they if they went. If they did sign Will Fuller, you'd be like, oh wait, something serious because you're you're desperate. You were desperate at that point, but you know if they bring in other guys, I think you know kind of surprising. Like DD Westbrook is out there. which, again, I I don't maybe I don't know enough, but I'm like that's a that's a solid player. Like he's had a couple of seasons where he's had at least sixty receptions. Like he's a, we, that's and that's what we need right now. We don't need like we have the number one. Like, that is always the one thing that I, I look at people and I'm like, well, what, what is it? Like, we have the number one. Like, everybody's like, they didn't do anything. to re, They didn't add to the receiving room. Was like, we have the number one. And if you look at the way that the Packers ran their offense last year and where Luke Getzey is coming from, of course, is Devontae Adams had 169 targets. And that's, you know what? And if Darnell Mooney is that type of player, like, yeah, you could funnel him 170 targets, like no doubt about it. Then we need some of the other guys to step up. I always kind of like make the – like, okay, at this point of their careers, and I'm sorry this might be a a hot take, and if you guys want to roast me for this, it's fine. At this point of their careers, Aaron Rodgers is better than Justin Fields. I'm sorry to have to tell you guys this. I apologize. I can put it – I'm sorry. I got to say right now, Rodgers might be a little better than Justin Fields. I got to say it. I got to, listen, this is, a lot of people think I'm very biased, that I'm very one-sided. No, no, no. I'll tell you this right now. Aaron Rodgers at this point of their careers, better than Justin Fields. Just saying. (laughs) I
1: think think that's a fair statement.
2: That's the honesty that I'm giving you. And (laughs) Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams, Darnell Mooney, similar thing. But if you look at it and you're like, okay, this is the way that, this is the way the Packers ran it, is they didn't trust any of their other receivers. So, Or Rodgers did. I think it was mostly Rodgers. So there's like, I'm funneling all these targets to Devontae Adams. I'm throwing to my two running backs, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Well, we've got David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. We need a, a tight end who can score touchdowns like Bob Tunyon did a couple of years ago. Like, God, oh, we got Cole Komet. Like, yeah, the, you can start to mix and match. And, like, maybe it's a Kirkland version compared to where those guys are, their points of their career. We're like, okay, I can kind of see – where the bears could be successful if they were, you know, running the ball more and not having like, I don't know, you don't, you don't necessarily need five number ones out there to have a successful receiving core. So I don't know. I think it's non non nuanced to say that the bears don't have quality receivers.
0: Indeed.
1: I, I agree with you. I've, I'm on record as saying, I think this group's a lot better than people have given the credit for that. they, Basically, you know, ne- guys that needed an opportunity. Uh, Pringle last year, for the second half of last year, was the number three at Kansas City. And he mm-hmm. did a pretty damn good job. He caught 42 yeah. passes. He had to work his way into that situation, he had to grow into it. Uh, last year, uh, St. Brown was number five at Green Bay. Getsy coached him every freaking day for three years. Yeah. He knows exactly what this guy can do, and the people in front of him were pretty damn good receivers. Yeah, so it's not like like he couldn't play. The guys in front of him were a little bit better.
2: Yeah, you know, and it, when you see Equinemius St. Brown, now I remember him from his high school days. He was a Southern California kid. Although I say I always say that, but I'm like I always I always get confused because him and his brothers uh, went to rival high schools. Went to Rival private high schools, which is one of the weirdest things. Like, if you were, I wish I, 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 I need to, to research the Chicago version of this because Servite modern day, like, do not get along. Like, the biggest, one of the biggest rivalries in, in high school football out here. And they both went to different ones. And I'm pretty confident that Equinemius went to Servite. I think I'm, I'm, I'm committed to that. I have to look it up. I should be more because people, somebody's going to be like, nope, he went to modern day. Okay, I'm sorry. But the thing is, I remember him coming up. He goes to USC. He does a great job. I had not seen him in a while. I had not seen him in person in a while. So that was seeing him last week was my, again, like. Equinemius went to
1: Notre Dame. The, the brother went to, the brother at Amon Oh, Rao. yeah, 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 yeah. See, I'm getting, yeah, these brothers, like, they they do it all the
2: time. They go to rival <laughs> colleges. They're going to rival high schools. <laughs> um, it's a confusing family. And their dad's last night, they added the Saint too. They were Brown for the longest time. Then they became St. Brown. It's an interesting family. So uh, cool guys, like uh, their dad's amazing, but by, but but it's confusing is what I'm saying. But this is the first time I was able to see him in person uh, since his high school days. And oh man, you forget how big he is. You're like, God, I forgot this guy In, in high school. He was taller, but now he's like a monster like compared to NFL players. Like he's a, He's a monster dude. And he was another one of those guys that I was trying to keep an eye on because I I still felt that any time in Green Bay that they weren't going to him. I'm like, what is, what am I, I mean, obviously I'm not Aaron Rodgers. So I'm like, what am I missing? Like, what did I not see that he's been so, he's been buried so deep in this depth chart because like MVS who a lot of people love, I'm like, that guy drops too many passes. I don't know why. I, pe- I mean, he's very fast of course, but it's like, I don't know. I don't get it. And so, I'm, I'm excited to see him step up. I'm excited to see Byron Pringle get his opportunity. You know, I, I was smirking when you were talking about him working to the, to be the number three guy. I only I was only laughing because they always try to make Michael Hardman like the guy. I'm like I even last year you can go back watch the fantasy show. I was like I don't understand why they always think that why they always think that Hardman's better than Pringle, but. You know, whatever. What do I know? And
1: then he at the end be, of the year, like, might be a little there. faster, but that's about it.
2: That's it. Like everybody gets enamored with that, and like, dude, that guy is now like Pringle's like a receiver. Like he's a good player, so I'm excited. I hope he gets a chance. And again, that goes back to what you were saying with Getzey and Equinemius Is you know they they um, they uh, they work together. Well, Ryan Poles was one of the guys who brought in Byron Pringle, so right they uh, he obviously knows what he's getting with this player. so again, I hope he, I hope his injury is not too severe and I hope we see him back very soon.
1: Well I, I'm on record as saying on this show weeks ago because I know both the Saint Brown brothers very well as far as from a, from a scouting point of view mm-hmm. and Equinemius had a great sophomore year at Notre Dame had like 70 receptions. He looked like he was on his way to be a you know a first or second round draft choice. Then the next year's junior year, they had lost Kaiser as the quarterback, and they yeah. had they was it went Ian through Book? Uh, no one well, Ian Book at the end of the year. But then, the, but before that, they went through uh, there was a kid from New Jersey, uh, Wimbush, and oh, like right, I mean, right. I mean, nobody could nobody could hit water from a boat, Yeah. And you know, his, his production drops down to like 33 catches, and then there were people saying, Well, he's got this entitlement attitude because you know, the father yeah. is. You know, can be like that with sometimes. And uh, so he, dro- he drops. He drops to the fifth round or sixth round or whatever the hell they got him. But you go back and you look at that tape from a sophomore year. That's an outstanding football player. So, yeah. and, and I think he's physically more talented than his younger brother, who was a rookie in Detroit last yeah. year and had 90 receptions. You know, he, he's bigger, he's faster. He's more athletic. He's more explosive. Mm -hmm. You know, for whatever reason, he didn't get the opportunity. His brother had 90 receptions. His brother's six feet tall. This guy's six foot five.
2: Yeah, it is. That is very true. And remember, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown is also somebody who benefited when, who went down? TJ Hawkinson went down and one of the receivers who was playing above him. And they brought in Jamison Williams. So, I don't know. I I'm a big fan of Equinemius St. Brown. So I I'm hopeful, again, a lot of this is hope, but I'm hopeful that he's going to be able to come in and kind of, you know, find his stride. Again, you know, it's you know, not everybody clicks on their first team, and it's, you know, it's not necessarily a, a fault of his own, but now he's getting an opportunity and I hope he seizes it.
0: I want to show a picture of John Brown, Equinemius' father, when he was back in his weightlifting days, or is this a photo of Adam ranks Bob no, super. No. John John Brown's face.
2: Never, never. No, the no. Dad no. was
1: like Mr. Universe. Yes. Yeah. He
2: was, he was a legit. Yeah. Miss Mr. Universe. He, he I know uh, he's a, he's a, he's a cool guy. Like he's, he's a good dude. Like I, I do know. And of course, um, even though I don't work for the high school, I don't work for the orange County register anymore. I know all the guys who still cover the preps, but um, and, you know, they, they met him and dealt with him and, like yeah he's cool like it's super cool guy he's a super nice guy i've seen him at games before so he's still he's still imposing though i don't i don't want to get you know it's like you know he's all so yoked up but it's like okay and then you got me who looks like the before version of captain america so i don't want to i don't want to walk too closely to him that's what it's like you know i was i was filling in for gmfb i'm like i'm the before version of steve rogers <laughs> and Kyle Brandt is the finished product. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, really
0: um
1: so Greg, what, I got I gotta ask one question. Sure. Yeah. You grew up in Southern California, you live yeah. in Southern California, how the hell did you become a Bears fan?
2: This is uh this is a point of contention for a lot of people. I even need to go out and film a video on this because uh, as you see, there's all my angel bobbleheads over there.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: Greg, this is uh, – I'm not sure if, if you guys are aware of this, but, like, growing up in Southern California, um, we didn't have a football team for a long time. And what you get in Southern California, and it's amazing, its like, so everybody, everybody loves the Lakers. And then you're either an Angels or a Dodgers fan. And most people like the Kings and not the Ducks. But then your football team is either your parents' favorite team uh, – the, the, the team that's been winning all the time, so depending on your age, you're either a Cowboys or a Patriots fan. So there's a lot of 49er fans because they were very successful down here. And then otherwise, it's like, hey, like I liked Randy Moss, so I'm a Vikings fan. Uh, my friend who played for the Angels, Tyler Skaggs, was a, Vic- was a diehard Vikings fan because he loved Randy Moss. And so thankfully for me, it was easy because my parents, uh, my dad's from Sterling, Illinois, my mom's from Oswego, I was actually born in Park Ridge, Illinois. So I was there, Park Ridge, Illinois, the Lutheran Hospital. Uh, we lived in Schaumburg, Kaufman Estates. Nobody gives me a straight answer. Like nobody can give me like the, the, the straight up. Yeah, there it is. Schaumburg, yeah, that's, I call, I claim Schaumburg. Nobody knows anymore. Like everybody's forgotten or whatever, or people are gone, so nobody, nobody. I even looked up, I had uh, my birth certificate um, so I looked up the address from the house where I, and that was a, that was a controversy because that the house address did say how Hoffman estates. And then I, I looked it up and I'm like, this isn't the house like this. What is, so I don't know if there was some redistricting or whatever was going on. So the, to, to shorten this story up a little bit, my dad, Navy guy, he was like, okay, when I was, I was kind of a mistake. Like I was not a planned pregnancy. My sisters are older. It was not planned. But uh, then my dad bounced from the Navy. He's like, okay, I've had enough. And then he was like, I don't want to shovel snow anymore. Like he's like, I'm done with this weather. So we moved to Georgia. So we moved to Georgia and the first winter we were there, there was an ice storm. And then he's like, now nah, we're, we're out of here. So I, he's like Southern California, because I don't know if he was based in Long Beach or wherever it was. Um, this is actually where my sisters were born. So. He's like, we're going back to Southern California. So there it is. And so that's a long-winded version of why you got this weird thing. And it's it's still it's, – it's difficult because a couple of years ago, as a lot of people will remember, uh, the Kings and Blackhawks had a pretty intense rivalry. And, you know, I grew up and Gretzky was on the Kings. Like, I'm sorry. Like, growing up, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s, you know, the Blackhawks were not good. Although you had Chelios and some fun players. Ronick I think maybe Am I, I don't know oh, yeah. uh, and then uh but it's like dude I'm not I'm not I'm not rooting I'm not not rooting for the local team that has Wayne Gretzky like that's just not gonna happen so so that was tough that was tough with the family I was not talked to for a while even uh even the Angels uh, White Sox in 2005 was difficult because we do have we weirdly have some white sox fans in the family still. Uh, if you get out to some of the cousins who live in Newark and Sandwich and places like that, they're weirdly into the White Sox. My my parents were always Cubs people until I convert, I converted them into, I know, this is not, I'm sure all the people are bouncing. They're like, ah,
0: oh, we don't care, Rank, but anyway. <laughs> I was asked the question. I got to answer it. Uh, you did a great job. Um, here's a question for both of you. because. Greg just recently wrote about the Bears' wide receiver uh, core for Wendy City Great Iron. Uh, it's his latest article. He's got a fresh one coming out any minute now, I bet. Uh, but uh, Probably tomorrow. Valus Jones. Uh, and, Adam, you're a numbers guy with in your fantasy world. I've predicted that Valus might be good for 1,000 combined yards. returns, yeah. Kick returns, rushing the ball, catching the ball, and so forth. Are you, uh, uh, I know Greg is because I, I read his article. He's really high on Valus Jones. Sure. How high are you, Adam?
2: Oh, he's my best friend. What are you talking about? Like we're, <laughs> we're, we're super tight. We, um, I met him at the NFL rookie premiere in Los Angeles. I accosted him. I said, we're going to be best friends. I'm glad you're wearing 12 um, because I want you to carry on a, a solid legacy for Alan Robinson, who we all still love. We still love Alan Robinson. People do not, do not be, do not turn on him. I, I'm i excited for him. I think that, you know, too much was made of his age, which is one of those things, like, you know, everybody's going to talk things about that. I will say this, too, with the, um, you know, he's the same age as A.J. Brown, which I know A.J. Brown had a couple of years in the league, but it's like, listen, you, you look at A.J. Brown as this young stud for the Eagles, and then, hey, here comes Bailey. Like, nope, he's too old. Like, well, what is it? All we need is this good, you know, we get good four years out of him. Five years we extend who knows. But the thing is, he was a solid receiver in the SEC. Like one of the like this is one of the things I don't get too. It's like when people are like, they didn't do anything. It's like, if you would have came into this draft and said, Listen, we're gonna use a day two pick on one of the better receivers from the SEC, would you would you be accept would would you be accepting of this? Be like, of course. And it's not a player that everybody might have been familiar with. Although I will say somebody on my Twitter timeline before the draft had asked me about Bayless Jones. And I was like, yeah, I go, you know what? I go, that's interesting because I remembered him at USC, obviously. And then he went to Tennessee. I didn't follow the volunteers as much as I should have. And once we drafted him, he went back and he looked and you're like, wow, I didn't realize how well he catches the football. Like I always thought of him as a special teams, like, a special teams ace, which I'm expecting from him this season, they might not use him that way because they might need him as a receiver more than, you know, than we, than we had uh, originally anticipated. The one thing that I really enjoy though, is, is I, I'm not, I I don't want to put a, a number like a thousand receiving, I know you're saying all purpose yards, but I think that he's going to lead the rookies in pop plays, like in YouTube plays, like, I think he's going to be one of those players that you look back at, like he might not have 1,500 receiving yards, but you think he's the best player in the league because every week he's doing something special. Mm -hmm. I think he has that kind of ability. And I think that's honestly what the Bears are looking for him to do. Like he's being drafted with a specific purpose in mind, stretch defenses, get loose, get deep, play solid special teams. Look Look at the Bears draft. There is a huge emphasis on guys who can play special teams. So I'm I'm looking for him to be a solid contributor. I don't want to. I'm not going to probably draft him in my fantasy teams because I don't think there'll be a consistency of production. But I think there'll be a consistency of big time plays, and I think that's where he's going to win people over. He's just going to do magnificent things, and you're going to be like, "Wow, I just love this guy, and I love the way he plays."
1: See, I'm I'm with you on that. I don't know if he has a thousand combined yards, but I think you know you go back to Tariq Cohen when he was a rookie. Mm, good call. He had big plays. Mm-hmm. and a number of big plays and, you know, a change of pace guy. You put him in – when you put him in the game, you've got to account for him because yeah. of his speed and, and, and explosiveness. And so that – especially given that he's a rookie. Now and, – and this goes back to – I was thinking about this when you were talking about the New England receivers. And, and one of the things New England did, which I am totally against, and everybody used to do it, is that they bring in their receivers and they want them to learn all three positions yeah. as a rookie. That's mm-hmm. really hard to do. What Not teams right. decided to do is no, I'm putting you here. You learn X and play X and this guy's going to learn the slot. And this guy's going to learn Z. And then once they catch on, then you give put a little more on their plate. And that way you get more production out of them early because when, when you give him too much, I don't care if you're a four, three guy or whatever, and and Kevin White was was a perfect example of four, three five that played four, seven because yeah. they gave him too much. There was too much on his plate, and he played slow.
2: Now that's a, that that's a huge issue for sure.
0: Adam, I told you we would go late, and uh, so at, yeah. at any point that you need to uh, lift off, uh, let's lift off. do uh,
2: let's do one more question. Okay, I was I was told, I was promised. They're like, you're, you're just going to do 15 minutes. <laughs> like, do 15 minutes. <laughs> go out, That's
1: what I said. I said one segment, just 10, 10, 10 minutes, maybe 15.
2: No, it's it's a pleasure to be on with you, but I knew. Um, i can hear the uh it's early on the it's not early on the list i let you know what it's summer vacation and uh i'm a big softy i keep my my four-year-old boy is on his schedule like yeah there's no deviation my seven-year-old it's like ah do you want to watch this movie? like we were sitting there last night her her, the mom and uh her brother were in bed i'm like do you want to stay and watch this movie with me she's like okay so we watched luck on apple tv which was cute it was a cute movie. And uh, she's also one of these kids that just talks like you cannot watch a movie. Like she's just constantly talking the whole time. Commentary like, okay, fine, just talk.
0: That's uh, the movie uh, experience nowadays for those of us who still go to the (laughs)
2: theater. Well, at the theater, she's cool. At home, she's just going to be like, and it's probably my fault because I gave her Rainbow Sherbert at 930 at night. So (laughs) a lot of this is something like you brought upon yourself. Like, who am I really mad at at this point? Like, I cannot be mad at the child.
0: Oh, that's hilarious. I got an obscure question for you because I have no idea Ooh. what Creighton means by this. He says, can you explain what a goat and a dragon are? Don't,
2: don't, 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 don't. That's a, that, that was a thing. It was a, it was a uh, that is so obscure. It's a dirty, it's a dirty expression. I was talking about ex- expectations, about people talking up things too much. Mm -hmm. To where you get to it, it's never going to exceed the lofty expectations that somebody has already put upon it. So, Mm -hmm. for instance, if someone – like, I've never – I'm not a big Game of Thrones person. People had talked that that show up so much. Like, there's no way that it could reach the the level of praise that has been heaped upon it. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, unless, you know, that dragon was doing things that whatever – you know, it was just a. You know, I just was shooting off that. Shooting <laughs> off. That. I'm just saying, like it's tough to live up to expectations sometimes. All right, so okay, I got one,
0: I got another last question for you. Yeah. One, one of the. That's, that's the way
1: he is. You know, he's always got one last question.
0: <laughs> one last question. <laughs> one. One more thing.
2: About I five you.
1: questions from now, I'll say this is the last question. <laughs> that's right. It's usually
2: and honestly, it's usually me. You'll be like, hold on, let me tell you one other thing. You know, I got that one. You know,
0: one other thing. That's where I learned it from, Adam. <laughs> this defense, uh, you know, following them the two days that I was at Hallis Hall and li- listening and watching the reports coming out of Hallis Hall, this could be a really surprise. It could be a top ten. Who knows? Maybe top, oh, yeah. top 10 defense. The, the young talent, the maturity of those young players. This pass rush is going to surprise a lot of people. I want you to share what you think about this Bears defense.
2: Yeah, well, number one, we want Roquan to get back as quickly as possible, so hopefully that'll get sorted. That's one of the areas where, you know, you, you talk about the depth of the position. You know, somebody was asking me about the the Bears linebackers a couple of days ago. You're like, you know what? That's so weird because, like, you get caught into, like, yeah, Roquan's so good. You're like, God, I got to go back and look at the depth. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's so good. You're like, you didn't really consider it. You're like, oh, but, you know, it could be an issue. But looking at the way the defensive line is constructed right now, and obviously with Ogunjobi, it would have been amazing for him to be here. But uh, Justin um, Jones, the guy we got from – yeah, Jones we got from Los Angeles. Good player. He's going to be solid in the three technique. I really do believe that Travis Gibson – ends up being a problem for everybody. Like, I was really impressed with him, really impressed with the way he was getting upfield, very disruptive, very, very natural. You know, I know they're moving to a a four-man front, but he looks great, so I really love him. The linebackers will have to wait and see, but of course, you know, it all comes down to whether Roquan can play or not. That's the most important position um, on the defense, probably. That's obviously where Darius Leonard excelled for Eberflus in Indianapolis. But then you look at the secondary, and you look how well the secondary's been playing, and we still have not seen Thomas Graham yet. But we look at the two outside guys. We look at Jalen Johnson, of course, being one of the better cornerbacks in the game. We look at the first-round pick, Kyler Gordon. Like, he's amazing. And it's interesting to see where they put Jalen Johnson on the field. You know, if you look at what Eberflus did in Indianapolis, and this is probably a switch that what we're seeing in the NFL in general you know, when people talk about nickel cornerbacks, they always, people think of it as like, that's thir- your third best corner, but that's actually not the case now. And it's actually becoming a point of like, we're seeing more and more your best cornerback has to play the nickel. And that's what Eberflus did with Kenny Moore in Indianapolis is when he came over from New England, is like, we got to put you at the nickel because so many teams are trying to hide their best receiver by putting them in the slot. So your guy has to be, Able to follow that receiver wherever he goes, and we're seeing that out of Jalen Johnson, which is a good sign. So, we're starting to see that come about. Jaquan Brisker was a player that, admittingly, I didn't have a lot of history with when he was coming into the league. Went back and watched this tape at Penn State, and I'm like, oh, this is this is a Mike Brown type of player in the sense of like smart football player who knows where he needs to be on every play, and you love to see that. You love to see Eddie Jackson be a little bit more, like, buying – I love that Eddie Jackson's buying in. Again, like, whatever happened the last couple of years, and this is what the coaching staff said with him, is, like, whatever happened the last couple of years has happened the last couple of years. It doesn't matter to us anymore. Just go out there and play good football. And Elijah Hicks looked pretty good, too. So, you know, there's somebody pushing him. So I really like it. So I'm really – I'm really comfortable with where the defense is, almost to the point to where it's an afterthought. Even if we even if we have to play, you know, if Buster was out there or somebody was there, like, whatever. Like, it's it's fine. Eberflus has shown that he can win with guys who aren't necessarily household names. Darius Leonard is an excellent player, but he was still a second-round pick who took an extra who – was, who was always going to be a good player. Mm-hmm. But he – was put in a position to where he could really capitalize on his skill. DeForest Buckner was like really the only like player that they brought in who was like a already a household name that they put into that defense. Otherwise, a lot of dudes that a lot of people had not heard of who went out there and and, and were one of the top defenses in the league. So I feel very comfortable with the where with where the Bears are right now defensively. Disagree with any of that, Craig?
1: no i t- totally agree with it and i think and and one guy who's been getting a little bit of notoriety is the guy i've been pushing all along is kendall vildor mm-hmm. oh Vildor, yeah he's he's had a strong game. i go Absolutely. back you know i know what i saw i know what i saw on tape when he was coming out of georgia southern and he was a hell of a cover guy with great ball skills and and a hitter now i don't know what happened with the dbs the last couple of years but they didn't play very well <laughs> I, I have a theory but, well, I got a theory too, but I don't want to say it right now. But uh, the uh, but they didn't play well, and I think this this new group you're going to see a, a totally different change in their play. There's some talent back there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: he's been playing. Yeah, he's been playing really well.
0: What's your theory, I, I, Adam?
1: I, I
2: just you know, I'm not I'm not sure that the, the coaching was great. There <laughs> you <really>. go. <laughs> Not really. Or it, it it's tough. Like I always think about that too. It's like Matt Nagy seemed like a nice person. He probably is a nice person. And that was one of the that was, you know that that was actually one of the cool things. So when Iberflus was coming over to to talk with us for the NFL, like he walked into and he waved at me like he knew me, mm-hmm. and I'm like, and I'm an idiot. I'm like, hey, that's okay. <laughs> um, so I was in it. But then he walked over and it was fun because you know his daughter. Uh, just recently graduated from Chapman University in Orange, California. I'm pointing to Orange, so if anybody hey, so needs to know, Orange, California is that direction. Um, <laughs> but I, I just uh, this this fall, I'm going to be a, a guest lecturer at Orange, uh, at Chapman University in Orange. Oh, so, cool. I'm like, hey, so we had a little bit of a connection. And then he was like, "Where do you live?" And I, you know, like, oh yeah, I live here. And he's like, Oh, do you ever go to the sugar shack? And I'm like, Oh my god, everybody goes to the sugar shack. So we had a nice little rapport. So already I was bought in. So now I'm like, you know, whether he's a good coach or not, he made me feel special. So that, that's important to me. No. Um, but I do love, but no, but like, you know what, it, you know what was funny is um as I was talking to him and we're like, yeah, you know, talking about the history, and I'm like, oh yeah, because Stacey Dales is like, yeah, he was born in Park Ridge, and you know, he lived in Schaumburg for a couple of years. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And we were talking about like his coaching philosophy and his coaching style. And I said, this is like one of the things that, you know, my dad's no longer around. I go, if he was, you know, he would be so excited because you have that kind of whatever happens on the field, whatever's going to happen, happens. But like having that attitude that you're bringing here, like I know that a lot of people would, uh would appreciate that. And he was like, you know, you know, my dad's not here too. So I understand where you're coming from. So we had like a cool moment. So uh, I'm, I, I'm a big believer in stuff like that. And I know a lot of people, you know, they want to live in 2022 and they don't think that defense matters and things like that. But it's like, you know what? Running the football and playing defense still wins championships in this game. And I think it was my friend Ill Will who pointed this out a couple of days ago on Twitter where he was like, of the top 10 teams running the football last year, seven of them made the playoffs. And the three that didn't were like eight and nine, eight and nine, nine and eight. So there's, and I know some of that is like when you're winning, you're running and things like that. But I still think that, you know, if you, if we have a team that goes out there and plays excellent defense and is running the football with great efficiency, we're going to win a lot more games than we're going to lose. So I'm, I'm happy with the direction and everything. And I'm happy with the coaching staff at the moment. I could turn, but probably won't.
0: No, you won't turn. That's for sure because things are uh, trending up for Chicago Bears fans. Uh, Adam Rank, it's been a delight having you. Why don't you let people know uh, where they can find your work, your podcast? We've had it up on the uh, visual screen. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, but yeah, listening on audio podcast. Let people know where they can find you.
2: You know, we started the Sick Podcast, I believe, in January. So we wanted to hit the. So when the season started, we already had established like who we are and uh, what we're doing. And you know what? It's a toxically positive podcast. On Tuesday nights, we do a show called Take It to the Rank, where we answer your questions. That comes to you at 7 o'clock Central Time. Carmen Vitali is our permanent co-host on the Tuesday night show. Then, of course, during the week, on Thursday, we will drop a podcast that if you miss it, if you don't, you're like, I'm not going to download Spotify, which is fine. You can be driving around Chicago on Friday afternoons at 2 p.m. Central, the Sick Podcast on AM 1530. W C K G find us there. And of course uh, I do a little thing on the NFL network, which uh, if you're one of those people, I know there's haters out there who are like, Oh, I hate when ranks on, on the network. I'm like, well, you're going to hate, you're going to hate this season of NFL network. Then just prepare yourself. It's going to be as bad as the the last couple of weeks were for you. (laughs) I apologize. I don't apologize to you. Suck it up. You'll be
0: fine. I love it when you're on NFL Network and when you're Uh, doing fantasy work and wearing the costumes and stuff, it's the the funniest thing on any sports program. Thank you. Great job. I appreciate that. Uh, Greg, can you stick around for another question or two?
1: Yeah, of course. (laughs)
0: All right, Adam, we'll let you go and really appreciate you uh, coming on board today. Thank you
1: very much, my friend.
2: No, it was a pleasure. Thanks so much. I'm glad uh, Ross Tucker hooked us up so we were able to go out there and make this magic today. But I uh, appreciate everything you guys do and uh to everybody at the Bear Barroom Barroom Bears Barroom Network thanks so much for your support over the years it is uh, certainly appreciated and uh bear down we'll see you soon
0: likewise you, brother bye bye all right greg um we have uh one of the situation one of the things that has happened with the Chicago Bears over the last few days is the injury situation in this defensive backfield so we don't know how long Kyler Gordon is going to be out. We don't even know what the injury is. This whole secretive thing about injuries is a little bit frustrating, but I understand it. Nonetheless, how concerned are you that these guys are not getting reps uh, in uh, training camp right now? And um, who do you see this being a great opportunity for them to step up? And I'll put up uh, the uh, cast of defensive backs in a second while I find it. But go ahead and tell me what your concern level is right now.
1: Uh, right now, I, got, I have no concern. Uh, number one, you're getting mental reps. They're always getting mental reps. Uh, you know, they're right there in practice. They're listening to whatever the, the defensive play call is. They're in the meeting room. Uh, so, and, and in pro football, the mental part of the game is so important. It's so, you, you know, you got to make sure you're not going to bust a coverage. They get the mental part right. The physical part for them is easy. And I think we've already seen in the limited number of practices and, and during OTAs that these guys get the physical part right. So uh, I have yet to hear a coach say anything negative about Gordon or Brisker. You know, it's all been very positive. In fact, Adam's the first guy that, uh, Uh, really said much about Hicks. You haven't heard much from the coaches about him at all, but that's because the other guys are playing so well. Uh, But, you know, I think it's just this group as a whole, I think likes the attitude of the coaching staff. They're buying into that attitude. And uh, I I think you're going to see, you know, it's all the last few years it's been uh, with, with poor coaching. It's been a top 10 defense. Now what's it going to do? Yeah, you're missing Keen Hicks and you're and you're missing Khalil Mack, but hell, they weren't here last year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and and the defense played good. There were some secondary breakdowns, and and I think the secondary breakdowns are going to go away because of who you have coaching them now.
0: Now let me put up this uh, list of uh, uh, defensive backs from the Bears website. Um, one of the players that I'm hoping will get some looks uh, and a chance to prove himself uh, is Devante Harris. They just signed him from Illinois State. He's had a rocky NFL background. He's had some injury issues, but he's when he's been out on the field, he has put together some highlight plays. Now I know what you're going to say about Devontae Harris. His arms are too short. <laughs> but what the- I, don't, I don't have his arm length
1: in front of me, so I can't tell you that.
0: Yeah, let me. I I don't know if I can find that quickly, but I do recall uh, when he was a, a draft. You'll Google player. in
1: Devontae Harris combine results, and you'll there'll uh, be some things in there.
0: Uh, do you recall scouting him at all years ago when he was a
1: uh, um, no. Okay. That name. And I probably did. I just don't recall it. All
0: right.
1: Um, But not, he played not, in the league. And so yeah. number one, you make it in the league, even if it's only a year or two, you, there's something there. Mm-hmm. You got some talent. Uh I look, you know, this is his fifth year in the league, probably more special teams player than anything else. And the type of guy that gets you out of a game. You know, I got to wait and see what he, what he does it, it, in the preseason. But you know, reality is they're going to keep eight or nine defensive backs. So that what's his arm length like there? 30, thirty-one and eight, eight. That that's fine for a guy five foot eleven. Okay, good. It's, not, 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 it's when you get you know it was the the one guy from Auburn, um you know, had like twenty-eight and three quarters inch arms. I mean, you know <laughs> that that's a problem. Yes. You know, but thirty-one and eight, that's fine.
0: Hmm. Um, well good to hear I mean I, I, again I, I think a lot of the success of the Bears defense is going to be contingent on this defensive backfield being healthy and being able to to play for the vast majority of the season because they could really help deep pass rush with their with their coverage so so that's good news um thoughts about uh Justin fields based on reports that you've heard uh, of his progress uh he, he clearly, is having kind of an up and down camp, but that has to do with the fact that he is there's still install going in and they're still getting an acclimation to new faces.
1: Well, look, it's like what we talked about earlier in this show every day and every play isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay, what the coaches want to see first, it, it, it's like you know, overthrowing Harry in the end zone on the, in the seven on seven drill. First of all, did he make the right read and throw to the right guy? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that's the important thing. Okay. Then it's getting the ball to him. Yeah. I say it, it's there's, there's little things that can happen little breakdowns and you, and, and when you're watching yourself, you don't necessarily know what the breakdown is. Mm -hmm. You know, the coaches do and then they bring attention to it to the players when they get in the film session after practice because they go through the tape Mm -hmm. and you're trying to teach you're learning a new system offensively and defensively and you're trying to teach the players the system and the meeting room is very, very important when you review the tape of practice and and you, you go through each play and you relate to the players what the mistake is. Mm-hmm. You know, you, here's what you did. This is what you should have done. What you want is that the player never makes that mistake again or seldom makes that same mistake again. And that's how you grow. You know, you, you, especially with young players, you want the arrow constantly going up. Now they're going to, a young player, especially a rookie, and, and Justin's only in his, his second year and he's a rookie in this scheme, you know, the, the arrow's going to be going up, then you're going to flatten out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now the key is, is the period where you flatten out just a short period before you start climbing the steps again. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want. It's because if you flatten out and then you never get any better, then you've already, you know what the ceiling is, and that ceiling might not be good enough. Hmm.
0: I mentioned Harris, the defensive vacuum was signed. Uh, Nomad is now asking about Trevon Coley. Um, what do you know about him? I know he's a 28 year old defensive lineman. Um, do you have a, uh, any evaluation you can share with us? No, him?
1: I, I, that's a pl- I, I really know very little about it. Played in the league a little bit. Um, you know, uh, I, I think they signed him not necessarily because he's that good as a Blackson's been hurt. Yes. Yeah. And, and so he's missed some time. Mm-hmm. Um, but this guy, you know, this is six here in the league. It means he's made a team for five years. Mm-hmm. Got to have something to be able to, to make a team for five years. He's a vested veteran. Mm-hmm. So that, that tells you a little bit about the player without knowing anything. That tells you something. Yeah, indeed.
0: Um, all right, I think I sh- I need to let you go because over paying you overtime is just killing me.
1: <laughs> I know that 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 the double time is crazy.
0: <laughs> Should we do this again next week?
1: Sure. Uh, and I, I mean, you know, I got a wedding to go to on Saturday, so I I don't know what time we got to leave because the wedding's out western mm-hmm. suburbs. So I might only get the first half, then I have to watch the second half Sunday morning. Okay. Which is not a big deal. I mean, you know.
0: You want to go out to practice with me on Thursday? Got to I got a pass. I
1: I don't know yet because my wife is still yeah hopefully. down and out. She's still home.
0: Yeah. Oh, really? She hasn't gone back to work, no? No,
1: no. Oh, man. Uh, no, she's been pretty sick.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, please give her our best. Everyone in the chat room, I'm sure, joins me in saying, please get well quickly. Mrs. Gabriel uh, and um, I think that's it. Anything re- regarding Saturday's game? I know uh, a pregame message that you had to me. You had a list of things you wanted to talk about this Chiefs game. Anything that you want to mention on that before we get out of here?
1: I, I, I kind of touched on it when Adam was there, and it's more about evaluating individuals, mm-hmm. you know, and and so you're going to get into putting things together, you know, after here's, here's what's unique about the preseason last year, they had three preseason games, but it was the three preseason games. And then next week you started playing, right? Well, now, you know, they've changed the schedule. You got two weeks in between preseason game number three and the opening game. Mm -hmm. And so right off the bat, I think that's going to change play time for certain people. Mm -hmm. that you're going to see where in that final preseason game, you know, nobody played. I I think that's going to change. And especially when you've got a new coaching staff and a new scheme, you're going to, um, you know, want to make sure that they're ready to go into the season ready. Mm -hmm. And and so I think, you know, it wouldn't shock me that um, uh, we see, at least a quarter maybe a, a a third of the game of the starters playing in that third preseason game because again you got 2 weeks in until you really kick it off for real right. so right. um but the important thing is how individuals play are they good enough to play you're you're going to you're going to see basic offense basic defense nothing exotic nothing that they uh, that the 49ers can use as far as Oh, they might try to do this. They might try to do that. No, I mean, you know, throw that out the window. It's basically who can play football the best. There you go.
0: All right. We'll leave it there. Uh, Greg and I will be back early next week. Uh, We will keep you abreast of uh, what time and so forth. The best way to stay on top of whatever we're doing here at the Barrow Network is to to subscribe to our YouTube channel or to any of our social media pages like Twitter and Facebook, Uh, our man. Uh, retro is doing a fantastic job of managing the Facebook page. And we're going to have exclusive material on that Facebook page. So if you're a Facebook person, make sure you follow the Barroom network on Facebook. Um, That is our show for today. Thank you to Adam rank of the NFL network and the sick podcast with Adam rank. Thank you to Greg Gabriel, the absolute best writer and commentator on Chicago bears football in the world. I said it here and I'll say it again and again and again. Uh, And thank you all for joining us live. And for those of you listening on on demand, thank you very much for listening. Take care, everybody.
1: See you next week. Thank you.